everyone. Welcome back to the Completely Fucking Clueless podcast. My name is Sarah Alice Liddy. And my name is Audra Jean Flowers. And we both use she, her pronouns. Woohoo! Sarah has so much energy today. No, I really don't. I'm honestly exhausted right now. So I am trying to act the opposite of that Mm. in order to be a fun, lively girl for you all today. Guess I gatekeep girl boss yourself. Yes, but I am currently wearing a full bubblegum pink outfit from Skims. And I just feel on top of the world. It makes me really wish I'm not broke. No, Skims is like stealing all of my money right now. I said that to you before we started, like between the Valentine's Day collection, this is a part of their like apparel collection. I don't know. All I saw was the pink and because of like the podcast, we always need pink. pink. We never have enough pink clothing. Like you guys, I have put this on the CFC Instagram, but I have this clothing rack at my house that has all of my pink and yellow clothing on it. And it's just like my favorite thing ever. I literally am convinced that partially because of this, partially, you know, just probably because I previously was as a person. Um, but I am going to be that old woman who like only wears one color and it's probably going to be pink. I know. And, like I'm just gonna be that crazy old woman that everything she owns is pink. She only wears pink clothes. Like I'm going to be a crazy old woman and I can't wait. I know I'm turning 25 next month, y'all, which so is you're going to be a crazy old woman soon. Yes. Soon I will be. My <laughs> hairs will be graying. I will have 500 cats and I will never live again. I say as I think I'm like, you're not that far. Yeah, I'm six months younger you're, than you. Yeah, yeah, you're not that far, queen. <laughs> um, no, I can't. One, I can't believe that I'm turning 25. Like, I just find that very odd and weird um, because that means five more years and then I'll be 30. Um, weirder. But I was trying to think about, like, what I'm going to wear because I'm going to have this brunch, which I'm very excited about. But I was like, probably something pink. Yeah, no, I I know what I I usually also do brunch and I'll then I'll do like I usually do like dinner with my mom on yeah, my actual birthday. birthday yeah, then I do brunch and I feel like for the twenty fifth I want to do something at night, but that's partially just because there's an outfit that I want to wear that's not really brunchy, but I do want to wear it for my twenty fifth. Oh. So I, I guess I need to like have some sort of party just so that I can wear this outfit. Okay, I'm gonna be very candid and open about this about my birthday in an aspect. You're gonna be fucking for real. I'm gonna be motherfucking for real right now. So when I was planning like what to do, I kind of wanted to do a night moment too. Like, I feel like it's 25. Like, I almost kind of wanted to do a club moment, even though I'm not really a club person. I'm not going to do that night. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, I'm going to do... Like a dinner. A, a night for me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, like, in the past, I've done a bunch of different... Like, usually what I do is a birthday dinner. And this year, I went with a brunch because I love day drinking. And I think, like, it's a one to four moment. And so I can get really wasted. And then, like you know go home and sleep yeah exactly and the next day I probably won't be as hungover I mean but honestly knowing my hometown friends and I like we probably will go out after (laughs) and anybody who else who wants to go anyways I wanted to kind of do a night moment but then when I was like oh what will we do after dinner like I kind of I wanted to do something more than just a bar Mm -hmm. but I was scared about the whole club thing because of that story of those two plus size creators in LA who weren't allowed in the club because of their body. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, I don't want to risk it. 
like being denied on my birthday. And it's just like so sad that that was like what is holding what was holding me back in that way that like I couldn't feel confident about showing up at a club and getting in because of my body type. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my honest and candid moment about my 25th. But I still regardless, I'm really excited. The place that's going to it's going to go down. The brunch is going to go down is called Little Ways. I've never been there before. But honestly, I saw this TikToker talking about it and it looks really cute. I did my birthday brunch at the same place the last two yes. years. And now I feel like I kind of need to keep doing it forever. It's so fun. Like and it's really cute. It and is. like they've got a bottomless brunch and it's very fun. But I literally like. I'm not a club girl. I literally, I'm not sure I've ever actually been to a club. Okay. (laughs) I've been to a club when I was 16 years old. I barely tolerate bars. Um, But I literally, I just want to, I don't know. I might have like a like small little like birthday celebration at my home. The thing is like, I want to do both, but like it is kind of obnoxious to like make people do multiple celebrations of your birthday. (laughs) Um, And I recognize that, but I want to do it anyway. Yeah. You know, you can always (laughs) offer it and people can like pick and choose if they want to come to both or either or. Um, Yeah. I've always, there's this one club in New York called The Box and Mm -hmm. it's like apparently like such it's like a burlesque club and it's crazy and it's very hard to get into though Mm -hmm. Um, and so it looks so interesting and fun and like I've heard like a bunch of different experiences about it but I'm like I don't know how the club scene works here and it's funny because I used to go to clubs in high school (laughs) my friends and I used to go to this one club called Le Souk um, and like, it's so funny. We, there's pictures of us literally as like 16 and 17 year olds in this nightclub and they like painted like stuff on you, like glow in the dark paint. And then I also went to one Oak in high school as well. Um, but I haven't been back since. Yeah. I don't think, I don't know if I've ever actually, no. Okay. I've been to a club in London okay. or I've been to a couple of clubs in London. But I don't think in the States I've ever gone to one. And I think I've literally gone to a club. It was one night in London. Yeah. I just feel like, I don't know. I I would do it every now and again. But there is. You have to dress up so much more. Think about wearing heels. Like all that's the thing is it just sounds exhausting and costly. Yeah, no. And it's and that's the thing. It's like in and now looking back on it, it's really creepy that this like older guy was taking all these teenagers to clubs. Like if I'm thinking about it now, um, but like that's how we got all this stuff for free because we were with a promoter. And now I'm like, oh, my God, I cannot believe my younger self did that. Like what in the actual fuck? But yeah. So 25, it's coming soon. And 25 is going to be literally the day after our two-year podcasting. Not two-year. Why do I keep wanting to say two years? It's year two. Year two. So season two, year two, one year of podcasting. March is a crazy month because it's our podcasting anniversary, my 25th birthday. I have Audrey's like wildly. Sorry, no, my eye is like doing that like sagging twitching thing oh (laughs) ew not that 
I'm like weirdly really tired. I think I just didn't sleep last night. Yeah, I didn't sleep. I, I don't know what's been going on with my sleep schedule lately, but it's like I stay up to literally one or two and then I wake up so early and my body just wakes up and I can't go back to sleep. I was so tired and then I couldn't fall asleep, but no one wants to hear about. No, no one wants to hear about our sleeping <laughs> habits. Sleep. Um, Wait, I want to talk to you guys about my dry January experience. Yes. I just made a TikTok about it too because I gave up on dry January. I'm going to be totally totally honest with everybody on the pod I gave up I had like some I kind of wanted to do it but I had also kind of already realized that I was probably not going to do it in January because I was with my family in the beginning of January and a like they're I like tend to drink more with them just because that's more the vibe yeah um but I also had access to like not shit wine so I had to take advantage while I could so I think I'll I'll try for a different month. I don't know what month. Yeah, I feel like I started off the month strong and then I had gotten my dad this like gift for Christmas and it was to go to this place in the city called Swingers where you drink and play mini golf and I had already paid for the drinks yeah. and so I was like, I'm not going to not drink. So I did. And then the following weekend, I'm proud that I did go one weekend sober mm-hmm. because we had a friend's birthday and... Um, I was like, all right, I'm going to do this sober. And it was, I'm not going to lie. It was hard. Like it wasn't the easiest thing as I thought it was going to be. I think one, my friend Steph was also doing it with me. So that made it a little bit easier. I didn't feel so alone. Um, two, <laughs> Sorry, guys. I like how you announced afterwards. Burp. I literally had Chipotle. <laughs> I stuffed a Chipotle burrito in my mouth right before we recorded because I was so hungry. Um, but two, like one night we got to this party, I felt like that first hour was just like the hardest because you're so used to like going into a bar, grabbing a drink, like having a drink in your hand, like all these different things. And so I feel like I that first hour I was like, should I just get one drink or have one shot and like see how it goes? And like I, I won't drink anymore after that. But I ended up pulling through and did the night sober and I thought it was a very interesting experience um and I had always wanted to try and go out like sober because I think especially during college I was really self-conscious about not drinking at like parties Mm. or gatherings same and then I I've struggled on and off throughout a lot of my life with like pretty bad social anxiety yeah and so when I get socially anxious I would just drink more yeah so if you saw me really drunk in college Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. Yeah. I feel like I used to talk about it in therapy all the time about feeling like I'm missing out because I'm not drinking like everybody else or getting wasted. Um, And now I just feel like I'm at such a different phase of life where I want to find more of a balance. And Mm. I think I have. I've done a really good job of it. But I I, I decided to do dry January in the first place because in December I was drinking a lot. And I felt like that habit creeping back in where I was just drinking a lot to kind of like have a quote unquote good time. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think I also realized this month that restriction just doesn't work for me very well. Yeah. Like for most people, I think it's it's really hard to just like go cold tor- turkey, turkey, go cold turkey on something um, and completely give it up. It is. Yeah. I feel like it, even like last night, you know, Audrey had a dinner party and I dr- decided to drive specifically because I was like, I really don't want to drink a lot tonight. Yeah. Um, and so just like kind of having the balance, like I had one glass of wine and like that's all I really wanted or needed. I didn't drink at all for the dinner party last night, but I did have two drinks that had like five milligram 
weed mm. powder. Um, but weed I drank like powder. I, yeah, <laughs> my brain's really not firing on all cylinders. But I had literally one at like the start of when I was cooking, or not the start, but like at the beginning of when people got there, and then I had one at the end. So mm. it was not fucked up by any means. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. No. Yeah. But yeah, that was dry January. Um, not so dry, more of like a damp. Um, yeah. A, yeah. S- a sprinkling January. A sprinkling. The thing is for me though, is I don't drink during the week. Yeah. Like some people do drink during the week. Like I don't drink Monday through Thursday unless it's a very special occasion. I mostly drink like if I'm meeting someone for drinks. Yeah. If a restaurant has a really fun cocktail. Yeah. If I'm with my family and therefore not paying for it or I take a shot before dates. Yes, you do. And that's basically the only drinking I do. Yeah. I feel like I've never like since I was young, I've had this thing about like the weekdays and like even like hanging out with people on weekdays, Yeah, like all this shit. So I don't really drink during the week. So like if you think about it, like I really only drank like four times this month, but like, you know. I know. I can't believe January is over. No, I I can't believe we're in 2023. I can't believe we're going to be in February. That's gross. That's nasty. I know. Hey, listeners, do you want to be my Valentine this Valentine's? Do you want to be my Valentine? Yeah, you guys, another update. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'm not even going to lie to you all. I have thought about so hard how I was going to tell you guys that I'm no longer single. Um, I think you all only also found out in the last episode. So this was a quick yeah. turnaround for y'all. I know. Well, because now we have the other every other week where we're trying to incorporate, yes. you know, two guest episodes a month and two us episodes. And mm-hmm. by the way, y'all, we will be adding intros back to the guest episodes. Yeah, we just forgot, honestly. Yeah, we honestly forgot. And I also think we were just kind of experimenting with the new like video, video format, format and whatnot. Yeah. So those will be coming back. Um <laughs> I'm like I feel like I'm having like anxiety telling the clueless people that I'm back in my relationship. <laughs> um yes clues people i am back in my relationship um and that's the tea that that's it i'm gonna leave it right there there is no longer sarah's single era in 2023 um i am in a relationship and i'm i'm happy it's the same relationship it's the same relationship oh yeah same relationship i think you did already say that but i just wanted to no please clarify because (laughs) let me tell you i could not move on that fast um but yeah so i will be referring back to my relationship and talking about how that's going like in my 20s and whatnot i did have a friend who oh my god I think I already told yeah. you about this, but one of our friends, I like, called him and was like, oh, yeah, I heard about Sarah's breakup. Like, how's that going? And I was like, so actually, she had only listened to the podcast, I think, like, three days oh, beforehand. Shit. So she had just found out about it. And I was like, so, no, actually, that's that's That's, that's reversed. That's reversed. <laughs> no reverse. Take it back. Rewind. 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 Um, it's so funny because I made, like, these two TikTok videos about going through a breakup, which are still real and genuine because at yeah. that time I was. But now I'm, like, not. and if you're wondering like how i decided to uh, like unreverse my decision basically wait wait, unreverse no reverse reverse. i did i reversed my decision um because i i really feel like i have a lot of exploring to do with my comfortability and my sexuality everyone Mm -hmm. i had this really intense therapy 
um, session where I basically admitted to my therapist and like kind of myself for the first time how like actually uncomfortable I am with like my sexuality. Um, and I don't want to feel that way anymore. Yeah. Um, and I want to be able to express like my love and my attraction toward the person that I like. No, like, you know? Yeah. So we're going to work on things. Fierce. Period. I hope. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I hope. Yeah. I hope. What confidence. Guys, it's so funny because I truly feel so close to all of you. And so when I told my friends that my partner and I were back together too, I was just this nervous. Like, <laughs> I feel the same way telling you. <laughs> I remember my mom was really confused because I guess oh. I had forgotten to mention it to her until I think I had literally told her on Friday. And then Sunday I get a text from Sarah and I think I was on the phone with my mom <laughs> when I got the text. And I was like, so you know how I just looped you in? Welp, you're getting looped in faster this time, Lori. Uh, Uno reverse. Wait, you want to hear something interesting? So No, I only want to hear boring things. Okay, cool. This is not boring. <laughs> um, basically, you know, I was talking with my mom about I have kind of had a pattern a, a pattern of indecisiveness in relationships before. Mm-hmm. And I don't like that about myself. Like, I don't like this. Um, and I was kind of telling her because my mom is a psychodynamic, like trained therapist. And she's like, you know, I've been thinking about it a lot too. And she's like, your indecisiveness may come from me, like my mother, do, like doing everything for me as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um. And like, because she was always there when I needed somebody to make the answer for me, I don't know how to make answers for myself. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. I need to further think if that's actually it, but it's definitely given me some food for thought. I mean, I've thought about how like I, I sort of like freeze up and sometimes like don't, I really struggle with figuring how to fix things or whatnot. And like, I think part of it is like my mom was like really good and like was an amazing parent and would step up and so often fix things for me, which was really amazing. Yeah. But I think like I still really struggle with like not leaning back into that and like wanting to turn to my mommy and have her help me and fix the problem. Yeah. Because I'm a big girl now. (laughs) I feel that I don't like making decisions. I can make big decisions very easily. Mm. Small decisions. Not at all. Mm. If you, and it's a problem because so many of my friends and I are all like this. We can't pick restaurants. Oh, We're yeah. useless. I've reached the point in my life where I, thank God, I haven't managed to memorize um, when you do eeny, meeny, miny, mo, if it's in between two things, which one it lands on. Because the number of times in a week that I use eeny, meeny, miny, mo to make a decision is not like in the tens, but is above three which is higher than it should be <laughs> you know that is a technique for getting through your 20 20s eeny meeny money mo. <laughs> um so i have an update on i had this whole jingle in my head but this was now forever ago so i don't really remember but in my head it kind of went imagine a little twinkling music underneath this no it's more like a maybe i'll, I'll see if i can find something other than it but Audrey's continuing mental health and medication journey. Woo! Nice. Um, so I'm as ever, I always say as everyone knows, um, but as if you've been listening to this podcast, as you know, um, so I went med- off medication. Um, I'd been weaning off it since September and I fully went off it in after Thanksgiving. Mm. Um, so I've been off my medication for like, over two months now. Um, 
And a lot of the reason I did that was because I kind of like my medication was like help or was working, but not as kind of well as we wanted it to. And we wanted to kind of figure out what was underneath. Um, And it was kind of what I wanted to do. And my psychiatrist and therapist both supported it. So he did it. Went off. I've now been off it for a bit, like well long enough that it's full out of my system and everything. So what we've kind of discovered is my old medication was working, but just not enough. So what's Mm. underneath the medication was just more depression. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, So I'm going to go back on medication. So Mm. I'm starting a different SSRI. I was previously on Prozac and I'm going to start Zoloft. Not is it called Zoloft? Yeah. Um, Yeah. Okay. (laughs) All of a sudden that sounded fake to me. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I need to pick up my prescription, but uh, a little thing that I wanted to chat about. Um, Nancy Purdy slash maybe even my mom just like skip like three minutes ahead and you'll be safe. Um, I, you can listen to it if I if you want, but I'm going to talk about sexual dysfunction on SSRIs, which I don't know if you want to hear me talk about. Oh, That's yeah, we can you. actually really. Yeah, this you, is a good talk. You can make your own decisions on that. Um, but so I was on Prozac since my after my sophomore year of college until when I stopped a little while back. Yeah. And uh, one of the side effects that I had that is a very common side effect is sexual dysfunction, which like mm-hmm. one of the many things that that can mean is like either just like decrease in arousal or like increased difficulty in like orgasming and whatnot. Um, and like it, it was a big side effect for me where I basically just like didn't really have interest in sex. And like the, the one relationship I've been in, like that was not the reason we broke up, but like that certainly didn't help with like throughout our relationship, I was on increasingly higher dosage and so I had less and less interest in that. And we would we talked about it a lot. And he would always say, like, I get it. I understand it. But then would also be, like, frustrated and disappointed when I didn't want to have sex. Right. Um, and so one of the nice things about going off medication was for the first time in my, like, adult life, I, like, kind of got that back. And, like, mm. I think something that, like, I'm happy that I'm going back on medication just because it's been, like, a, a more difficult like two months and like I think it'll definitely help in a lot of ways yeah but it's also like a little bit of a bummer of like sex is a big part of life I think especially when you're our age and like I literally talked about how like one of my goals for this year is just to fucking have sex um call which, Audrey if you want to have sex no I don't want to have <laughs> sex with strangers don't call me no one talk to me I don't like strangers sorry oh my gosh my <laughs> <laughs> oh god her, her siri was recording everything, everything that i said <laughs> um but yeah so i'm going back on medication is a good thing but i wanted to talk about it because like both my therapist and my psychiatrist are like one of the biggest reasons that people tend to go off these medications is because of sexual dysfunction and mm. people get really ashamed about wanting to talk to their their prescriber about it and i'm gonna be honest it's not a symptom i ever brought up with my prescriber because like Uh, It was never enough to make me want to go off it. Like as much as it was a symptom that I did not like, the not being as depressed was more important to me than uh, having sex. Um, But I just wanted to talk about it because like it it is a big reason why people go off it and how like it is frustrating to like particularly I think be at this age and like have kind of that part of yourself a little bit killed off. Yeah. Um, And it's frustrating going back on it. Like I am single. Like I want to get out there. I want to whatever. And just like particularly if you are single like then having that conversation with someone you don't really know and like yeah I just I I don't know I just really wanted to talk about that um just as it was re-brought up with my psychiatrist um but yeah so I'm going back on medication we're trying a different SSRI and we're gonna see how that goes her I 100% agree with you I think sex especially in your 20s it's like 
a very obviously it's a very big topic of conversation and I think there's this idea that like you need to be fucking like bunny rabbits like whoever you're with or whoever you're dating and just like going for it all the time and like that's just like simply not the case like like let's be realistic like there's a hundred things that can come in between you and your partner having sex um I mean, medication our, is definitely one of them our generation statistically is having way less has having sex later and way less sex than previous generations interesting i also feel sometimes that i'm not as interested in sex because of my medications it's interesting around my period i get like so horny and i like <laughs> so want to have sex all the time i get really horny when i'm stoned there you go so like it comes out sometimes but then I feel like when I'm not near my period or just off of it it kind of like dies down um but it does it it affects people like in different ways and it's a very real thing and it's so interesting because I feel like when people put like when psychiatrists put you on um psychiatric meds like they don't really talk about or mention that like it's going to impact your sex drive. Oh, really? I, I, I mean, my at least mine haven't. My psychiatrist and I have always talked through the main side effects that are possible, and I mean, yeah. our talk this time was much shorter because it's like he was like, it's the same possible side effects that like yeah. you would have had on Prozac. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Like he, he was like, if you ever experience that side effect, make sure to bring it up to me. And I became more very aware of the fact, like I'd never brought it up with him. Like mm. it had been a part of the reason of a breakup of the only long term relationship. I mean. This person I dated um, September through we broke up in July, I think. So we dated for a pretty long time. Yeah. And that was a part of our breakup. Yeah. And like, I never brought it up with my psychiatrist or prescriber because I was like kind of embarrassed. Yeah. And it wasn't enough to make me go off the med. But like, it, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely an interesting thing. And it's like. I think it's important to talk about because I feel like I've always known that like this was a side effect of being on these types of medications. But I think talking about it and saying like, hey, like my sex drive is just like not what it used to be like is is a hard thing to do yeah. and to admit. Because, Particularly at this age. Yeah. Because, because it, we're supposed to be like, right, right. like bend me over the bed and fuck me from behind. Like... <laughs> Sorry, Sarah said that the other day in different contexts. I know. I'm um. really into that these days. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I completely agree. I actually have like kind of a 20s moment thing too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like a 20s thing that I've been thinking about a lot um, and I wanted to talk about just a little bit before we get into like our main subject topic of this episode Um is friendships in your 20s. Mm. Um, I feel your girly like- pops and girly. No. Thurly pops. I was trying to think of a gender neutral version. Thurly pops. I don't know. I panicked. Anyways. Yes. Friendships. I feel like over the last couple of years, like I feel like I've had like close friendships. That's not it. Mm -hmm. I just feel like I I feel like in the last couple of months, I've realized how much my inability to have emotional transparency with the people in my life is affecting Mm -hmm. me in my relationship, in my friendships, like even with my parents and I don't know what I mean I do know a little bit about why I'm afraid to be emotionally transparent but you know when I was going through this breakup I had no choice but to be emotionally transparent like my therapist was like girl like you need to reach out to your friends for support they will want to be there for you and then I think doing that and then actually seeing that it worked like gave me some of that like confirmation but I think doing that made me realize that like I want like 
I want to have more meaningful friendships with like all my friends and I want to continue to be open with them and that being open and honest with your friends and telling them about the things that are going on in your life you're not a burden to them Mm -hmm. and um I just think sometimes because you know being in your 20s there's so many things going on you know you're in work you're trying to have a healthy or like not healthy you're trying to maintain whatever lifestyle that you want to maintain and then like all these things are happening and sometimes like you're only really seeing your friends for these you know events or things mm-hmm. like that and so you can kind of just get caught up in that and not really and then everyone also has their own shit going on right. so everyone gets caught up in their own shit right and so sometimes i'm like i forget to like really connect yeah. with my friends well it's also hard because you like can't really force those moments yeah like, then there's also the flip side of like i know there's been times where like i i know i need to have a tough conversation with someone and like it's really hard to bring those up or like find the right moment yeah and, like, it like i don't know i feel like in high school like not really in a, a good way necessarily but like it just came spilling out so easily like we were all mm-hmm. such a mess and we and i think this was also partially because like i went to boarding school like there was no hiding like we weren't even allowed to lock our doors when we were yeah. inside our rooms like anyone could enter anywhere like it it was so flow freeing but it's yeah no it's really hard to like broach those conversations yeah i feel like it's yeah I feel like in high school too yeah I I was just a little bit more open about things and then I sort of kind of closed in and didn't really talk about like things that I was going through or whatever and now I'm just seeing like how important it is to do that um especially like right now like in our 20s when there's just like so many things going on and like you know you need your friends there and you need their support and there's nothing wrong with you know texting a friend and being like I like really need somebody to vent to or whatever it is right now yeah yeah so that's just like a 20s realization moment that I'm having recently yeah but no friendships are are so defining and like I think um in something I was reading this week about how like it used to be that you would go from like your home with your family to you living with your significant other and how we now have that gap in between in which your support system and your family really does because of your friends and the people around you. And this, it's honestly a very new development cultural wise um, that we have this decade where your friends are your family and are your everything and how important those relationships are to that time period because you you don't have the support of family or spouse that people used to have right yeah no I I agree with that I think like you know my friends yeah they are my family in in ways and and like you need that support because who else are you going to get it from well because like especially because like a lot of us are like not like I'm I'm pretty close to home like I'm only a couple hours away but like most of us are away from home I have a lot of friends who are across the country like yeah they, you can't lean on family in the same way for a lot of people um but yeah no family or f- friends and friendships means so much at this age and it's 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 hard to be open but it's important and I find like once one person is open it then inspires like others to continue to do the same and bring yeah. everyone closer. Yeah, I agree. And so moral of the story, be open with your friends. Eh. They're there for you. Eh. <laughs> okay, you guys. So today we're going to kind of talk about, it was funny. We were trying to figure out like what to talk about and we both were like work. I know. I find that so funny that that was both. 
yeah in our in our vibes in our in our our thoughts our hearts our minds yeah i think like at least for me it's coming up on like a year since i kind of decided to take a break from the theater career and you know start pursuing some other avenues and yeah i feel like work has just been on my mind a lot lately in a way that it hasn't in the past it's also been on my mind in the way of i've been applying to so 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 many jobs so so many jobs yeah um and oh my god you guys i did it again <laughs> my i'm trying to like be better at taking timestamps for the visuals that i made for the podcast ah. but literally oh my god my siri anyways yeah so i think for the first time in a long time I am feeling passionate about what I am doing work-wise. That's amazing. Yeah. It's really exciting because I feel like, okay, I read somewhere that Pisces, Mm -hmm. they like feeling passion, like especially in the things that they're doing. So if they're not interested, if they're not feeling passionate about Mm -hmm. it, and I feel like that's so true with me. Mm -hmm. Like if I'm doing a job and like I'm not passionate about it, I'm like totally like checked out of it. Yeah. And so I feel like when I started my internship, I was enjoying it. But I think one, it kind of takes me a second to settle in to to new people and a new environment. I I think studies show like on average, it takes people it's either three to six or straight up on average six months for people to start feeling comfortable and confident at yeah. a new job yeah because I think I got in there and I was like oh this is my first like non-theater job and then I also am like I don't have as much experience in like social media and strategy and all these things like I just want to do this right um and I think when I meet people at first like even though I'm very outgoing with my friends when I meet you for the first time I'm pretty quiet until I get to know you um But I finally feel like I'm reaching the point of my internship where I'm feeling comfortable with the people around me. I'm feeling comfortable with like the office vibe. I'm also like starting to do a lot more TikTok things for the brands that this marketing agency works with. And it's just like, especially this week has been like the first week of like editing TikTok videos together and all that stuff. And it's just been like so fun to do um, and like get to create like stories and like things in that way. Um, So yeah, I've, I've just been like really passionate about that and enjoying it. And then obviously what we do here, like I have always felt passionate about it, but I feel like the things that I'm learning at my internship, especially right now are really like helping to apply to like what we're doing. Yeah. Um, and yeah how are you feeling about job and career and and thingies like that i have an interview this week on thursday today is currently sunday for it's only part-time but i'm there's pros and cons that i'm kind of glad because i think going straight into a full-time job would be kind of intimidating for me um which i feel kind of embarrassing but um considering i just like i don't have experience really in that um, but it's for a brand that I really, really love. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm really hoping to get it. I'm really excited for the interview. Um, so next week I'll give y'all an update of how that goes. Um, but yeah, no, I've just been applying to so many jobs and I've been doing like random stuff to make money mm-hmm. in the meanwhile. Does um, LinkedIn work is what I want to know. In what way? Like, you know how you apply to jobs on LinkedIn and everyone's like, oh, like, 
nobody gets jobs from LinkedIn. So why does LinkedIn exist? Um, I mean, like I've applied to a lot of jobs at LinkedIn and a lot of them go nowhere. But I've also like two jobs that I got to second round interviews for. I got interviews off of LinkedIn. Huh. Um, so I don't okay. think it has no purpose. I just don't think. I think it needs to be used in like a kind of specific way. Yeah. Um, and I think like in a lot of job websites right now or from what I've been reading and seeing is that there's a lot of com- or there's a lot of like job listings that are like left kind of permanently open, even like there's not actually a position that mm. people are looking for. Interesting. Um, or that a company is actually trying to fill. Um, and there's been like a few different theories that I've come up with. The The one that I really remember is that like basically they're just getting kind of a backlog of people um of like applications sort of hold for when they are eventually looking because do you remember when companies are apparently really struggling with like getting people to fill roles Mm. a while back like i don't know six months a year ago um so they're now kind of like backlogging names for like whenever they are looking for positions is one of the theories i've read i don't know if that's true feel free to fact check me i could be (laughs) super wrong got it um but i think it's also useful for like the the uh making connections like can be somewhat helpful yeah. of like i the the interview that i have on this thursday um i'd met people who met at the company before and i'd sent in my email with my like application or my like resume and cover letter and whatnot um and then i didn't hear from them in a few days and so i messaged the person who i'd spoken to the most on linkedin um and they ended up not replying to that message but at, shortly after that message they replied to my email um but yeah, I, I don't think like it can do everything, but I, I think it's a somewhat useful tool. I mean, No, yeah. I was just like cur- curious because I guess I've been hearing this whole discourse about how like no one really gets their job on LinkedIn and all this stuff. I think and- it's a good jumping off point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I'm, I'm honestly just really ready to be working again. I really like miss being busy and like have something to do like and like. I think that's part of the reason why, like, I was really sick of retail. Just, like, I want to be actually doing something. And, like, retail is very difficult work, but it's not, like, work that builds upon itself, really. It's... Right. We've been talking about this whole concept of, like, underemployment. And I feel like, honestly, learning that word has been such a game changer for me because I love... Like, I spoke about this with my mom. I loved those kids that I babysat. I thought they were incredible. But... And I do think when I first started the job, it gave me incredible structure. Like I had to be up early and all of these things and there were benefits to it. But I think kind of eventually stop being challenged. Right. You're not challenged. I think I also like candidly, I felt a little bit embarrassed because the kids, you know, lived in my town. They went to the same elementary school I went to. So I was seeing all these parents and like the town I grew up in everyone was like you're gonna be on Broadway like you're gonna be a star and so it kind of just felt embarrassing to be like picking up kids from school um and yeah and so this whole concept of underemployment is just so interesting to me because I understand that like having a job no matter what is it's helpful but it could also be very draining in some ways if it's not really fulfilling the creative or the passionate sides of you and yeah it can get you really stuck I mean I forgot what the statistic exactly is but a large chunk of 20 something specifically are underemployed or unemployed and I don't know it just like it it felt like there was nowhere left to grow and like technically there were more positions I could move up with but like it was in retail that it was not a direction I wanted to go in right um 
so I don't know. I, I'm, I'm really excited about this interview and I'm really hopeful. Um, but I, I honestly have been like feeling really frustrated because I've been applying to so, so many jobs yeah. and like not even making to an interview stage. And like, you know, we're entering a possible recession. There's a lot of layoffs happening in like tech. Like it's a hard time to get a job right now. Yeah. Um, and like what we're sort of applying for is a somewhat competitive field. And like, I, like my major was not in it. So like, but like, it was really, I felt honestly really embarrassed that I was applying to like, I couldn't even get an interview for like these internships. And I was like, like, I am a college graduate. Like I, I know it's not in the field that they're necessarily looking for, but like I have, I think somewhat proof of experience and whatnot. And so this job is part-time and it's a job that I'm really excited about. Um, but I'm also somewhat hoping that like, because it's part-time there won't be as much competition for it. And like, I feel like I need something like I need someone else to check off of like proof, like being like, we also say she can do this and it's not just her saying she can do this. Right. Yeah, I get that. I I mean, I'm still part-time in my position right now and I'm kind of happy about that because right now I'm not willing to give like yes. the time that we spent on this podcast up. We also like, yeah, we need at least one weekday really to yeah. work on this every week. Yeah. Um, so that we can give ourselves break because that a break, because that's going into my next point um, of just like, especially like, so I've said on this podcast before in like 2019, I had to leave school because I went through a, a bad depressive episode. And I feel like ever since then, I have been so afraid to overwhelm myself mm-hmm. because basically I had been an anxious ball of anxiety my entire life doing everything, being the hardest worker, like go, 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 that I eventually burnt myself out that led to this depressive episode. And so ever since then, I just approach life so cautiously sometimes when it comes to my time and how I spend it and it's not always like the most beneficial thing like I was talking with my friend last night on the way home from your dinner party and we were talking about how like when we have days open we'll literally lay in bed for 12 hours because we think that that's going to rejuvenate us and it's not um it's really hard to strike the balance yeah rest doing enjoyable things like and depending on the week, what that balance works is very different. It is. And so it's just like, especially like, you know, this whole idea of like career and like, you know, downtime, I'm trying to honor that as much as I can because yes, I want to work hard and I think I do, but I don't want to work hard, hard because then I'm just going to burn myself out again. I, I think I also have been struggling with the same thing. And like, I I think to a certain degree, I've been maybe too cautious of it. Of I like, have been too. Yeah. And because like the like sort of just like, again, similar burnout that I experienced was because like always going 110% all the time. And that's definitely not sustainable. But like, I think it's okay. Like when something needs to get done or when something's really important to like, for like a couple of days or a week or whatever or a couple of weeks like do the 110 percent yeah and like you then need to like find a way to like balance out to like go maybe like 90 then for a bit or 90 yeah. percent for a bit but I think I've been afraid of like going a hundred percent or 110 percent with anything because the last time sort of everything flew out of control so hard. I agree with that. It's something that like I can all candidly say, like I struggled with in my relationship. I 
we were on two very opposite schedules. Like my work week was pretty intense Monday through Thursday. Their work week was intense Wednesday through Sunday. And so the times that I was free, they weren't free. The times that I was free, they weren't free. And I was like scared to go and hang out with them after work because I was like, I just spent all this out, all these hours at work. Like Mm -hmm. now I'm going to go hang out with somebody like I got to be like, I obsess over like I got to be in bed by 10 so I can go to bed by 1030 so that I can wake up at this time. And like moving forward in my life, I'm like, uh, that is not going to work for me. Like this obsessiveness over the non overwhelming, like not overwhelming yourself. Like I agree with you. I think I give my, I give it to myself a little bit too easy and I need to push myself a little bit. I, I feel like I'm bubble wrapping myself a little bit. Yeah, like I'm, I agree. I'm giving myself too much of a barrier and like sometimes you do need to like push yourself. And I think I've been afraid of doing that now for a while. Yeah, I think because when, you know, you do go through these depressive episodes, it's scary. Like, you don't want to be in that in that mind in that mind space because, you know, like I can't get the work that I want to get done. I can't be the person I want to be. And, and it can be very draining. Um, and yeah, it's all about finding that balance. And it's hard. Yeah. Yeah. And like, like uh, part of it is like we're not really going to figure it out yet. Like we're still really young. Our brains are not done developing. Like we're not going to figure it out for a while longer. And I think that's also just like frustrating of like things aren't done cooking. <laughs> things are that just going to continue. Lobe. They're going to continue being hard for a while longer. Yeah. <laughs> but I feel a little bit like better about it all, or at least maybe this week I feel better about it all. I don't know. I feel like this week I've definitely had the the balance off a little bit because this week has been a very crazy career week and then I also got back into my relationship and if you know anything about being back in a relationship like I'm in my love bubble as I was saying to everyone last night I'm like all I want to do is be with this person and kiss them and watch RuPaul's Drag Race with them (laughs) and I know in my brain I'm like you need to give yourself some time to chill and rest and whatever but I'm like (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> I'm in my love bubble, everybody. I'm like Glinda. We we had a really crazy week last week, which we'll get into later. Sorry that we're being sorry, guys. Sus. It's going to be like a good month. Mm. Sorry, but um, it, I promise when it happens, it'll we, be worth it. We think it. it'll be really cool. We really do think it will be worth it. <laughs> um, but afterwards, I just like kind of crashed. I think like yeah, I don't even really know why. I don't think I really even needed to. I think I was just like kind of scared about like maybe making progress and I think I just sort of panicked and then like reverted back and so I literally actually like the whole day after yeah um and like even the day after that like the two sort of days after our crazy week I just like literally read like all I did was read for like two days straight what'd you read trashy romance romance novels yeah guys audrey out of this project audrey has made me reconsider my thoughts about reading i i'm so proud of myself i mean it took several years and a pretty big thing to get sarah to read i did have to read a book for this project yes um (laughs) i'll take the win i mean sarah says she might consider reading more books so Uh, you know what I'm going as much as I don't want to go home tonight. I would like to see my partner, but I'm forcing myself to go home um, and get ready for the week. Um, I was like, you know, 
obviously I want to spend a little bit of time scrolling on TikTok because I haven't really done that in the past couple of days, which has been nice. Um, but I was like, maybe because my partner a couple months ago gave me mm-hmm. that. I think it's called untamed. It's like a Glenn, Glennon Doyle or something. I forget what it's called. Gave me a, a printed version of that. Um, and it's in big text. Um, and I'm not sure if I've talked about this on the podcast, but I have some comprehension issues that I grew up with. So the reason I don't like reading is it can be very hard for me. But I, with this book that we just had to read, I did like a, a physical copy and then I did a little bit of audiobooking, but it wasn't matched up. So I ended up reading actually a lot of it by myself. And I kind of found that if I just take away like the fact that it's going slow for me and I may need to reread some things like it's kind of enjoyable. Yeah, I'm a fast reader, but I I often skip details like that's the thing is my brain. Yeah, very much. It's essentially a very efficient skimming, I think, that I do. Well, that's what Olivia was kind of talking about with their reading because yeah. they are a fast reader, too. I think for my brain, like I can't make those like those overarching concepts without every single yeah. detail. I, I don't know how my brain does it, but I've always I still actually I'm going to brag about it right now, which is proof that I still brag okay. about it. But uh, I as a kid, not long. Like I was pretty young. I was mm, fourth grade i think i read the whole harry this was i was like my family was like on a trip slash i also had school so this was on top of regular life but i read the whole harry potter series in a week two days and a half that's fucking insane Mm -hmm. that's insane yeah no that has never been me i was a spark note scroll in high school my parents literally had to set limits of how many books my sister and i could get because we would just go through the books too fast and they were like you just need to start rereading books like this is that is so funny that's hysterical yeah Yeah, no has never been me um but yeah and like next thing what are how are you feeling about career change and career like what you're actually doing vibe um I've been feeling really torn about this and I haven't super spoken about it but like I've been back in voice lessons and like I've really been missing theater and I think what I felt sort of stuck on a lot is that like there's a really big uphill climb with me in theater of like um if I was just to do sort of like more film acting, there'd be less of one, but like, I still really miss like the full experience of theater. Mm. And there's just like so many aspects of like, a like I'm still a little bit getting over this ankle injury. So like I would need to get back into dance and like, I'm worse at dancing now than when I graduated college. Like there's a long uphill cl- climb with that. And yeah. I also like didn't take voice lessons for a year and a half. So I'm back in voice, but there's a long uphill climb with that. And then I also need to like get my acting training back up. So that's another hill. And then like, the very expensive hill of like my headshots are so out of date and I would need to redo those. And that's like another thing. And then also wow, the layer of theater is so motherfucking expensive. It's so expensive to do. And there's like so much like they're just like, it feels like such a long climb to get anywhere between like anywhere near reentering the field for it for me. And then there's also the thing of like, on top of that, like body image and everything. And like, there's just so many layers of it. Yeah. So I've been trying to just like very slowly whittle away at that. Yeah. And just like, I'm in voice lessons. I'm going to try to get back into dancing soon, but it just feels like, I don't know. It, it, it almost in a lot of ways, like feels too late for anything like in the near term. So I'm just going to like, I don't know. I'm just going to, I'm letting that be a little bit of a side project, I guess. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I've been feeling really torn between like, trying to sort of build this other career and that and kind of feeling like by 
trying to kind of do both. I'm not making progress in either. Yeah. And just feeling like, I don't know, like just really so I know we always are talking about being lost and terrified, but like just feeling even more than usual lost and terrified of like feeling like I'm not making any progress in any direction. Mm. A lot of fear. Yeah, I feel that. I don't know. It's so interesting because I think it's hard for me that like in this past year taking a break from theater, I haven't thought about it that much. Mm -hmm. Like I haven't really felt the yearning that I maybe wanted to feel. I I feel it sometimes. Like I went and saw a show with my mom this past weekend and like for the first like 20 minutes of the show, like I kind of was like, oh, like I know what it feels like to like be in a show. Like I was watching like the actors like go off stage and I was like thinking about like my track in a show and like thinking about like the actors like interacting on stage. It's so funny because like in the audience, you think that they're acting, but they're really talking shit with each other on stage. Like all these things. Um, But then, you know, I I agree. I was like, I don't miss feeling rejected every single day of my life. Um, I don't miss feeling not good enough every single day of my life. Like, it's a a second, essentially, part or full-time job that you don't get paid to do. Yeah. Like, it it takes a lot of time and actually a lot of money. It's a job you pay to do. That takes up a lot of time. And again, you pay to do it. Yeah. I Yeah. It's, it's been interesting. I haven't. I'm doing a singing lesson at the end of February. Um, so that should be good. But like even when I think about doing a voice lesson, I've kind of just been enjoying like singing for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think with a voice lesson, it feels very formal to me. And I'm like, OK, what music do I want to work on and all these things? And like. Honestly, right now I want to sing a Renee rap song. Yeah. Because like that's what I'm into. Um, but I agree. It's it's such a it's a hard thing when something was a part of you for so long and now you you're on this, you know, road to is this really the thing for me? How will it be a part of my life and all that kind of stuff? But I would I would like to start maybe exploring just like working on things like in my bedroom like and how it feels for me I feel like I'm avoiding it in a way I feel like I avoided it for a while and I I don't want to anymore and I'm not but I I don't know I think the biggest thing that I really feel is just like it my journey with theater feels really unfinished and like that's Mm. because like the last show that I did was right before the pandemic started and then like there's a lot of performing you're supposed to do your senior year and a lot of big things happen your senior year that just never really happened and like I don't know like I don't know I think part of the reason like I where I feel more or maybe why I feel more like unsettled and really unfinished is like you did like a summer stock job after yeah, like, senior year and like I've I've not performed since the pandemic started and right. like I don't know there's just like a lot that feels really unfinished but like while I sort of turned away from theater for a bit like theater obviously didn't pause and like there's like I don't know like it felt like there was a wide like, I felt unfinished in so many ways when graduating, and I feel even more unfinished now. Um, and it just, like, feels like there's, like, a ye- like minimum six months before I could even start considering to audition again. And, like, I don't have an agent, and, like, I, I now, like, won't have done a show. It's been two years, or over two years now since I've done a show. Yeah. I think that was the hardest thing for me in college, because... The last show I had done before the show that I did our senior year, I was a senior in high school yeah. and I took a gap year. And I do. I think 
it takes you away from from the passion and the art of it when you don't get to be in a performance or on stage for so long. Well, and I also recognize like if I was to go into the resume now, they'd be like, what have you been doing for the past several years? And that the answer I have is I don't think one they really are going to want to hear. See, I think the opposite. I think the right person will be very excited to hear this. I think, you know, why I think that is because when we were doing our agent series, mm-hmm. when people would ask me like about myself, I felt like the only thing I had to contribute was that I was a theater performer. Yeah. And I feel like now, like if I were to seek an agent, I would be like, I have so much more a part of me and more about like who I am as a performer. Like we get on a podcast every week and talk, we plan content, like all these different things. So that's my one, my one bat to to what you said. You know what? That is a fair point. Yeah. Because I feel like when we, like these agents, you know, they are also interested in the, the, the passions that you kind of have that are adjacent to theater yeah. and like how that can contribute to what to you're it. doing. And so that's kind of where, what I think. Yeah. 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 It's, it's a hard road. It's one that we'll never stop talking about. I don't yeah. think, but I think it's important to check in about it, especially like after Megan's episode last week, I think a lot of, you know, whoever listened to it, who was a theater artist can relate to it on so many different levels. And just like hearing how open and honest she was about like, yeah, like I'm really not auditioning. Like I, and what do you do is like someone who like, I always called myself like an actor and that's always what I planned to be. And like how I identified, what do you do when you're an actor who's not auditioning and not acting? Yeah, I know. It's, it's very interesting. I don't know when people ask about it, ask me now I kind of come to everyone with the same answer is that I'm still telling stories I'm still performing just in a very different medium than I thought I was um and I don't think my journey with theater is over but right now I do definitely feel like it is still on on the on the pause yeah I haven't pressed play yet yeah yeah so that's that Oh, with that. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. Yeah, we hope you enjoyed this episode. It was good to catch up with you guys. It's so funny because now that we do like the every other, every other I know, week, it feels so long. It in does. It does. I'll be like, oh, my God, I get to go on the mic today and just talk like <laughs> I don't have to ask anyone any questions. Like, what the fuck? Um, if you guys are enjoying what you're hearing, don't forget to follow us on social media. We are on TikTok at completely fucking. Cl- oh, no. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I said the wrong one. We, we are on Instagram at completely fucking clueless. I'm on TikTok at completely F-C-K-I-N-G clueless. It's so, I, I, my brain is so dumb. I know. We are also on YouTube at completely F-C-K-I-N-G clueless. Please go subscribe. Yes. We have two video episodes up currently. I'm going to be honest, if you want to find it, the most efficient way is probably to go to our YouTube or to go to our TikTok or Instagram and go to our link tree because yes. we have a link there. I, I need to look into some of the how do the like metrics get things to be more easily searchable because I've spent some time on my own trying to search it up and I've struggled every time to find yeah. it. And uh, I'm already subscribed to it and I still couldn't find no, it. No, same. I usually, in order to find it, have been um, searching Grant Sykes in mm-hmm. and that it's been pulling it up that way. But yes, if you want an easier way than that, it's in our link, uh, yeah. our link tree. It's in our link tree, baby. Yeah. So we will see you guys next week with another fabulous episode i don't know what that was i think once i hear that we're in the final stretch i'm like all my inhibition drops yeah cuckoo bananas is that a saying oh bananas i don't know but we forgot to tell you guys what
don't forget to rate rate review subscribe subscribe, like follow share all those wonderful things send it to a friend a lover an enemy you know valentine's day is around the corner if you want to tell your significant other that they're kind of a mess and they should get some of their shit together send them this yeah yeah per period (laughs) i was gonna sing strangers to lovers to enemies okay i have a quick note to renee rap she needs to make her songs longer um uh, all too well is only two minutes and 30 seconds and i'm a person who i will listen to a song over and over and over again till i drain every single ounce of serotonin out of that song yeah and her songs are so short that i have to hit replay so often and that's annoying to do it's like girly add in another verse for your homie me thank you thanks renee all right you guys we'll see you next week and don't forget to be motherfucking clueless yeah and give your mom a call or your dad a call or, or your, your parent a call yeah or your friend call someone like don't send them a text call them see what happens Here fuck around and find out this is the mommy